there, it's Carrie. Thank you so much for joining me on this latest episode of Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma. This is episode 24, and we're going to talk about how abusers use sex as a weapon. And I'm going to add a disclaimer here because we're going to be discussing specific aspects of sexual and domestic violence or intimate partner violence, and it can definitely be triggering. So if it is, pause the episode, do some mindful belly breathing or any of the other tools we've learned, or one that you like to use to get grounded, centered, and feel safe, and then come back when you're ready. I'm so glad we're walking the path towards healing together. So just a quick reminder, I'm not a clinician, counselor, or physician. I'm a certified trauma support specialist, a trauma and resiliency life coach, and someone with lots of lived experience with trauma. Also, the information presented in this podcast is for educational purposes only and not meant to replace treatment by a doctor or any other licensed professional. Also, if you're in a relationship where your safety, mental, physical, and emotional health are at risk, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233-247 for help in leaving the relationship safely and other resources. And if you're in a situation where you feel that you are in immediate danger, please don't hesitate to call 911. You can also call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at RAIN, that's R-A-I-N-N, 24-7 at 1-800-656-4673 for help and resources after a sexual assault. All right, let's dive in. In the past few episodes, we've really been focusing on the different dynamics of abusive relationships. You know, we've talked about what they look like, what they feel like, why we might make the choices we make in getting involved with an abusive partner, and unintended consequences such as suffering from a traumatic brain injury because of being hurt. Today, we're going to talk about the weaponization of sex or how abusers use sex and various aspects of sex, sexual abuse and sexual coercion, like a weapon, as a way to gain and maintain power and control over another person. This is a very difficult topic. So again, be sure to listen carefully and care for yourself in whatever way you need to. So some quick statistics. According to the Centers for Disease Control, or CDC, nearly one in two women and one in five men will experience some form of sexual violence other than rape at some point in their lives. So think of this visual. You're in a group of women and men in a room, maybe for a meeting. In the group of women in the room, 
every other woman you see is likely to have experienced sexual violence. For the men in the room, every fifth man in the room is likely to have experienced the same. I mean, it's mind-blowing when you think of it this way. Out of your group of friends, how many of them might have experienced this as well? So just a couple of quick definitions, too. Sexual assault is any form of unwanted sexual activity without that person's consent. And consent is a voluntary agreement between adults to engage in sexual activity. However, in cases involving intimate partner violence or domestic violence, that consent can feel like it has some really gray areas. And I'll explain further on that in a minute. Rape is, of course, extremely personal violence. It also doesn't have to be committed by a stranger or an acquaintance. You can be raped by your married partner, too. Many people have this long-held societal view that sex and marriage is a duty, something that's expected as part of the contract. Let me tell you very clearly that sex is never a duty or something that should be expected in any relationship, married or not. If you are forced to have sex, perform sex acts, or are involved in anything that has to do with sex against your will, you are being violated. Abusers use sex as a power and control tactic, and it can take many different forms. Forcing you to have sex when you don't want to, or outright rape, feeds into their need to have complete control and dominance over their partner. Abusers can use forced sex or rape as a punishment for not obeying whatever they say or feel that their rules are. They know it's hurting you. They want to hurt you. Abusers view you as their personal property, something they own and can do with what they want to you. To them, you are not a person with rights, feelings, opinions, or values. You are a thing, an object, like a piece of furniture. What you need and want does not matter to them in the least. And we get so tied up in our feelings for our abusers that we miss this very important fact. And it doesn't matter how we try to approach them or how carefully we word things when we try to discuss or even just bring up how we feel about anything that matters to us. Their responses, abusive behaviors, and attitude towards us when we voice how we feel eventually stops us completely from even trying to talk about it. It's not worth it. So we go silent. We go dormant. We learn that speaking up has very real negative consequences for us. And then that just feeds more and more into our feelings of low self-esteem, self-blame, and self-doubt. Abusers can also be a bit more 
coercive or stealthy in a way when it comes to sex. They might say something like, if you really loved me, you do blank, whatever it might be. We can often find ourselves in situations involving sex where we can question our own interpretation of the situation. We don't want to do whatever it is our partner wants us to, but we love them. So it must be okay, even though our brains and bodies are screaming no. This is one of those gray areas I mentioned earlier. It feels like we're consenting or saying yes to something. But if everything in your being tells you that this is not something you want, you aren't consenting. Forced sex can also be a release for abusers, much like the way that a blow up or hurting you in other ways can be for them. I know that almost always after my abuser would hurt, torture me, whatever he'd do to me, he always had to have sex afterwards. So there I was, hurt, terrified, horrified, and he wanted to have sex. That was the last thing I wanted. But I knew that if I said no, he would hurt me more. So not only did I have to do it, I had to pretend that I liked it and wanted it. Again, if I showed him anything less than being fully involved, it would end up in more abuse. So I would mentally retreat, detach from myself in both body and mind. I was like an actor in a play, feeling like I was someone else. I would tell myself, it's only sex. Let's just get this over with. However, it didn't matter how much I downplayed it. It still hurt. I was still giving up pieces of my soul. And as a rape survivor, this just compounded the traumas I'd already suffered. This is another gray area where it feels like you're consenting, but you aren't. I was letting something happen to me in order to survive, in order to protect myself from further harm. Sexual coercion can also look like sabotaging birth control or forcing you to get pregnant. They might just forbid any form of birth control at all. This is another way to tie you to them, and it keeps you under their control. And then they can also go the other extreme and force you to end a pregnancy. What's the most important thing to remember is that if you do not agree to sex or any sexually related activities, behaviors, whatever it is, and it is against your will, you are being violated. This includes doing whatever you need to do in order to survive. No means no, whether it's said out loud or in your mind. This also applies to being raped or sexually violated in any way while another person is intoxicated or altered in some way, either through substances, mental health, or disabilities. We can have such feelings of guilt, shame, self-blame, and embarrassment and pain around sex 
and our experiences of it, both good and bad. Our feelings can get tied up in our belief systems, how we were taught about sex growing up, our family's attitudes towards it, how we view ourselves, everything. For so many of us, it's uncomfortable, painful, and traumatizing to even think about, let alone discuss, or if we have to report it to law enforcement or any other agencies we might be seeking help from. Sex is supposed to be a good thing between consenting, and there's that word again, adults, something we choose to do, something we want to and like doing. It should be a healthy way to connect to someone we care about and a normal and healthy way to get our own needs met. It should feel safe, good, and fun. Anything related to our personal sexuality should make us feel empowered. We have control over ourselves and our bodies, and we say yes or no as we choose. We do have to make sure that we surround ourselves with people who respect our boundaries, our choices, and our voice. No one, I mean no one ever, has the right to do anything to you in a way that hurts, demeans, degrades, insults, threatens, violates you, or puts your safety or even your life at risk. This includes hurting you physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually, financially, environmentally, and socially. It is so important that we understand that what we've had to go through is wrapped up in so many different things, and it's impacted us in so many areas of our lives, ourselves, our whole being. It doesn't matter what we had to do or what we still have to do in order to survive, to keep ourselves, our children, and our families safe in the wake of abuse. Remember, Help is out there. It exists. There are people and organizations ready to help 24-7 if you need to plan to get out of an abusive relationship safely. Again, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 for help in leaving the relationship safely and other resources. You can also call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-4673 for help and resources after a sexual assault. And again, if you're in immediate danger, don't worry about the consequences. Don't worry about what might happen. Please call 911. Deep breath. That was a super, super tough topic. Thank you for sticking with me through it. So this is where I like to close us out with a new exercise that we can add to that mindfulness toolbox we're building together. As always, remember you don't have to do this now or do it at all if you don't want to. But you might just listen and tuck it away in your mind 
for future reference. This is a visualization exercise designed to help us release some things we've been feeling or carrying with us. Things we can give ourselves permission to let go of. Things, emotions, feelings, people, places, events, thoughts that no longer serve us. Things that are holding us back, holding us down, weighing us down. We always start with our mindful belly breathing. Breathe slowly in through your nose, your belly naturally pushing out as you inhale to a count of five. Hold your breath for a count of one. Then slowly exhale out of your mouth. Your belly should naturally move in as you exhale to a count of five. Do this five times. This exercise can be done either seated or standing. You can also do this with your eyes open or closed, whatever is most comfortable for you. If your eyes are open, you might just let them rest gently on something, maybe some surface that's not too busy. If you're standing, you should be in a relaxed body position, joints loose, feet shoulder-width apart. If you're seated, you should also be in a relaxed body, feet on the floor. Make sure that there's space in front of you to raise your arms. Continue letting your breath flow slowly in and out. Either seated or standing, Extend your arms upward, shoulder distance apart, elbows bent as much as is comfortable for you. Next, between your hands, picture a balloon. You can do this with your eyes open or closed, remember. This balloon is your balloon, and it can be any color you want it to be. Whatever color is your safe or special color, See this balloon between your hands in your unique color. Continue letting your breath flow. Next, imagine that you now have a big wide tip marker and it can write in any color you choose. Next, picture yourself writing on that balloon. Whatever is holding you back, stealing your joy, stifling your laughter, stealing your peace. It can be a face, a place, a name, a date, an emotion, a feeling, an event, a memory, whatever you want it to be. See yourself writing or drawing it on the balloon. Next, take a big inhale Lift that balloon high, exhale and release the balloon. Up it goes, higher and higher, getting smaller and smaller until it gets so high you can barely see it. Suddenly, it pops and rains down stardust on you, stardust in that special, unique color of yours. 
stardust now repurposed and recycled into something better and more useful. As this stardust rains down over you, showering you, you could say, I am letting go. I am free. I am grateful. I am at peace. Feel that stardust all over and through you as you say those words. Continue breathing slowly in and out. And when you're ready, slowly, slowly bring your awareness back to your breath. If your eyes were closed, slowly open them and refocus on something near you. You can continue breathing slowly as long as it's comfortable for you. Take that little personal inventory we talk about. How do you feel? Did you feel a release? A letting go? Do you feel lighter? Do you feel more at peace? I hope this exercise was something that you found helpful. And again, we're just adding more tools to that mindfulness toolbox. So whenever you need to go to that toolbox and grab a skill, something grounding, calming, something that makes you feel safe, do it. I've created a list of all the techniques and exercises we've learned on my website, InvisibleWoundsHealingFromTrauma.com, and we'll continue to add to it as we go along. I've also put each exercise to beautiful music and video on my YouTube channel, Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma. Please subscribe and share widely if you like what you see and hear. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. And please keep on listening wherever you listen. Please like, subscribe, favorite, follow me, and again, share widely. And what you think really matters to me too. So comment on the show. Let me know what you think, whatever's on your mind. You can find me on Facebook at Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma, on Twitter at Carrie Walker 58, and my website, Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma.com. Look for my new episodes dropping every Monday on all of your favorite podcast, music, and listening apps. Please take extra good care of yourself. Add in lots of self-care and we'll talk soon.